Jesus on Economics The Sermon on the Mount continues, and it has Jesus weighing in on a range of practical issues. Among them is money. One of the more twisted developments of modern Christianity, at least in the United States, is that Jesus has become a hero of free-market conservatives. Somehow, this penniless preacher has been morphed into a deregulating laissez-faire investment banker. Personally, I have no problem with the free market, so long as it's understood to be a human contrivance and not wholly writ. But capitalism is about material gain. How to make stuff. How to acquire stuff. How to get people to produce more stuff using less stuff so they end up with more stuff. No wonder economists are stuffy. But not Jesus. He didn't care much about stuff. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew 6.24 Trinity Broadcasting and a lot of free market fundamentalists seem to have forgotten this. They raise oodles of mammon pitching God's 800 number for contributions. Archangels are standing by. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Matthew 19.24 Not really Rupert Murdoch's motto, is it? The Gospels make a clear point, the same one Plato made centuries earlier. Quote, It is impossible for an exceptionally good man to be exceptionally rich. Of course, lots of for-profit pastors and evangelical entrepreneurs are willing to give it a try. Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Luke 6.24 I wonder if this makes the Pope nervous. Here's a guy who can fly to some destitute country, preach the virtue of renouncing worldly wealth, then rise up from his throne, gather his satin robes, ride off in his Pope-mobile, and wing his way home on a personal jet to a palatial estate whose interior decorators included Bernini and Michelangelo. When Pope John Paul II passed away in 2005, his funeral was attended by the world media, half the UN, and enough cardinals in flowing robes to make Vatican City look like a gay wedding cake. But when they laid the pontiff to rest, he was placed in a simple pine box, because he was a humble man. And we wouldn't want the event to look ostentatious now, would we? It seems clear that if popes lived a little less like Caesar, and a little more like Christ, they'd be easier to take seriously about the virtues of salvation over material greed. Of course, a lot of people who vote traditional values don't pay much attention to what Jesus says about money, and for good reason. It's kind of depressing. Sell all that you own and distribute the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Matthew 19.21 Hmm, sounds like socialism. Think you'll see this in the Republican Party platform anytime soon? You start to see why it's hard to be a genuine Christian in the modern world. It's not just because you can't curse or go bed-hopping. It's because you have to live by rules like this. Lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. Luke 6.35 And there goes the banking industry. When it comes to money, Jesus is more Dalai Lama than Adam Smith. Nowhere does he extol hard work, private property, personal ambition, wealth creation, efficiency, investment, or saving for the future. Quite the contrary. Do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Matthew 6.25 I had a roommate like this. He neither toiled nor spun. He never did anything. Though the father that fed him wasn't in heaven, he was in St. Louis paying his credit card bills. Jesus' model citizen doesn't sound like a visionary planner with the industrious drive of the capitalist. He sounds like a ne'er-do-well. And as for the birds, of course they neither sow nor reap. They eat worms and sleep in trees, naked. Is this part of your retirement plan?